yeah, it's in color. It does flow. It, well, it's, it's adapted from a, a novel. I, I haven't read the novel, but, you know, I can tell it's a, a, you know, a lot of characters, big ensemble, so, um, so, so yeah, it probably... It, it, it probably to, to adapt a novel like that when I, I'm thinking, you know, recently Little Women. Yeah, I know that's. I don't know, you, some people have different uh, opinions about the uh, source material and the, their <laughs> literary value, but um, but it is a big story. So you know, you you need time to to unpack that big of a story. I think it's more like that. Um, but uh, but I'm enjoying it. So, but Trevor Barrett <laughs> hey, man. from Criterion Cast, uh, Eclipse Viewer. Uh, the Mooks and the Gripes. Uh, Trevor, every time I go research a prior month of Criterion, I always see your website on the list of results, and I always That's click good. yours. <laughs> I choose you, That's Trevor. probably why it pops up, because of your Google history. It's like, oh, I know who Aaron wants to go and see, <laughs> so thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so how, how's the website going? Well, good, actually. So for like the last, I don't know, since September, I... I was just so busy at work that things were, were really spread out and uh, it, w- it was tough to put my mind to the website. But uh, again, you know, with time and nothing going on in the evenings, which which has been a thing I've enjoyed about the, the you know, stay at home. Um, sure. There's been some time to devote to it. So I've been working on it and uh, updating things and getting here and there. Uh and yeah, yeah, it's it's been fun. I, I I've been I've been working under the hood a little bit, so I've I've broken it a time or two, and but it's back <laughs> together. Um, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's it's been nice to be able to again re. I feel reconnected um, when work and and all of that was was becoming a little bit overwhelming and taking up all my focus. This is this has uh, helped me. It's still busy, but um, helped me kind of re refocus things. Sure, yeah. No, I, I love my little side projects. I have way too many now. I, mean, I <laughs> seem to add them uh, by the week. But um, well, we have we have a lot to talk about. So let's um, let's dig into it. Uh, the biggest deal is well, the biggest deal is Ag- Agnes Barda. <laughs> I think that's gonna she's gonna be a theme for this show. Uh, but we we got the uh, August 2020 announcements, uh, so I, I did see you you posted them. Well, you posted twice this week, so on that, that website uh, for Varda earlier this week, mm-hmm. and then uh, we're recording this on Saturday the 16th, so it'll, I'm gonna probably get this up soon. But um, but yeah, I think the Varda announcement came out on Tuesday, and it was a pleasant surprise. Speaking of, uh, we, we were talking about waking up to Christmas presents. Uh, this is, that was a pretty big present. Uh, we'll talk about that more in a, in a moment. And then uh, Friday, we uh, it wasn't quite morning, but it was a nice, uh, I, I guess, around lunchtime or so. Uh, it was morning Eastern for time. me. Yeah, it was 10 morning o'clock. Morning for you. Yeah, so we, uh, I, I kind of like that, you know? Why Why wait till 5 p.m.? Uh, <laughs> just show up and there they are. Uh, and yeah, so August 2020, any initial thoughts? Well, I guess initial thought was I'm glad this is a slate that I'm able to talk about with you because <laughs> I've seen I've seen several of the films, especially thanks to the Varda set, um, and have thoughts on on them. That, and I'm anxious to talk with you about them. But uh, really and truly, any any month we get a box set like this, which is rare, even though it's becoming more common, is a month that is you know, a 10 in, or 11 out of 10. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Let's just, <laughs> it's, it's a 10, <laughs> but, but we've no also got, there. like I said, the, a, a new genre. Why that 
doesn't happen very often, and I don't think it'll happen too often or too many more times. Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm excited. Uh, a, a great kind of uh, documentary uh, from the you know great documentarians. It's an exciting month. It doesn't have you know kind of that classic Hollywood that they've been uh, doing recently. It doesn't have you know, one of these 2019 releases that we've been getting. Uh, <laughs> right, no something. Netflix. Yeah, yeah. so it, it's kind of one of these these lineups that, I don't know, maybe some people would be like, oh, I don't like, like this one, but I haven't been paying attention to social media on this to know if that's <laughs> the case. Um, but I'm excited, you know. It's been a great year, and this is a, a great uh, month as well that um, I hope some people will check out the films that maybe they don't, maybe don't quite call them at first. Um you know, there are probably people who don't watch the documentaries, but Town Bloody Hall is pretty fascinating for many reasons. <laughs> so yeah, so let's let's get into them. I, I do agree. This is uh, quite a year for Criterion, and uh, and yeah, it just continues on. So we're we're uh, almost three quarters of the year uh, knowing what the titles are, and I think they're you know we'll see what what how the year finishes out. But I, I have a feeling there's going to be a, another surprise or two. Mm-hmm. So well. August 2020, uh, August 4th, we have The Lost Honor of Katerina Bloom, uh, which is uh, Volker Schlondorf and Margareta von Trotta. So uh, two f- pretty familiar names, I think, for both filmmaking and literary. Uh, didn't von Trotta write some? I don't know. I, you know, this is one of those uh, releases that I feel I should know more about because of my my past, you know, my history. But I haven't mm-hmm. seen it, and while I've read plenty of books by the the author of the book, uh, you know, Heinrich Boll, I've never right. read this one. So uh, I'm not I'm not very familiar with either the film, and again, I know the names involved, but not because I've dug into them, but because I happen to sometimes be around people who talk about them. <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> this is one where I, yeah. I don't have a ton to add, or um, I guess I'm here more to mooch off of you on that one. <laughs> well, I, I can take the reins a little bit. And I, I think we talked about this uh, at various stages of the show or various other episodes because this has been a staple on, um, I think, Hulu and Criterion Channel. I first saw it, I believe, on Hulu when, uh, when the... the uh, Criterion films were there be- before Filmstruck, so it's been a little while, and it, it this is um, you know it's new German cinema, but it's uh, it's more of a uh, I guess sort of a I want to say a political thriller, but you know in the new German cinema I guess tone uh, it's not like uh, it's not like the Paranoid trilogy or anything, although there is uh, there is some aspects of that. Um, a big, big thing, a big message about the press and media and uh, about uh, journalistic integrity, about political, uh, you know, trying to handle uh, journalism or trying to muzzle journalism um, and you know, the, the controversy. It's it's a very watchable film. Um, it's very timely. I, I believe it was Matt that said, uh, you guys aren't going to believe how timely this film is when you uh, watch this. And, uh, you know, when, from what I recall, I, that's absolutely on on point even if it's been probably you know eight to ten years since i've seen it uh look forward to revisiting it i don't so this was um on dvd i don't have the dvd uh, but it's a, an upgrade with new 4k 
restoration and it looks like the other supplements are both from the old disc so yeah it doesn't look like anything new has been added you know whenever you see those interviews from 2002 which i think is probably when the dvd came out it's spine 177 yeah Um, and somebody mentioned that this is not the dvd is not being upgraded so this is uh truly a blue grade uh yeah it's interesting that they're going that route. It seems like they're getting further away from DVD. Uh, it it does. Well, I wonder how much of it is because you know we we are all speculating, but we talk about how libraries are the you know those kinds of institutions that do buy a a great deal of these things. You know, on any order, uh, you're going to have a bunch of libraries picking them up. If they already have it they're not going to be buying the DVD. So I do wonder how many new um, new releases are going, you know, when it's a blue grade are actually mm-hmm. being purchased on DVD. But I guess one thing that's new would be the essay um, by Amy Tobin. Uh, because yeah, that, the yeah. that's, that's the thing that I think is new here and not going to be ever on DVD. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the essays I think are almost always new, uh, which I, I like, you know, it's a, it's a fresher take on it. Um, and uh, And yeah, we don't need to, go back to the vault to uh you know although no frankly i, I would appreciate a re re revisitation of uh lost honor today although it would, it would be tough for them to to speak to modern times remember criterions are uh you know they're not um, they're supposed to last a little while um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but we can have those conversations so yeah volker schlondorf and uh, margareta von trotta so great movie i think pe- it's probably a, a surprise for a lot of people um and I think people enjoy it. So then August 11th is a uh, big deal. Uh, I, we knew a, an Agnes Varda set was coming, but this is the complete films of Agnes Varda, or Agnes Varda, I should say. Um, wow. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Blown away by this, of course. I think most, I don't think anybody expected the complete, and not just the complete, but the actual Everything. complete. Like, the, even things that you wouldn't think would be in a complete yep. <laughs> set are in here. <laughs> Maybe there's like a student film somewhere that we don't know about. Maybe uh, that, that is, <laughs> has, is in some vault somewhere. But yeah, it, this is this is a gem of a set, and this is you know we think of the Bergman box set. I mean, I think that's the best point of comparison. And I, I'm going to talk about it later. But I've been watching the Women Make Film and uh, and seeing a lot of just these wonderful visionary filmmakers and Varda's work really stands out. I'm not just among female filmmakers, but just among the Titans of cinema. So this is really a gem. I've probably only seen about half of these. I mean, I've seen, it feels like I've seen a lot of her work, but um, I, I'm guessing you've seen more, would you say? or No, I, I might would have thought so too until I started reading through it and thought, I don't even know what that one is. You know, that that's a new one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, David and I talked about the the um, California set, uh, right. the Eclipse set. A few, well, geez, it's getting further in the past. Several years ago, <laughs> I guess I should say now. Um, and then I've seen most of the rest of them that Criterion has released including some of the ones that showed up as supplements, you know, here and there. Uh, but, yeah. but boy, there's, there's a lot here that I never, I never saw. I, and I haven't kept up with her most recent, you know, I hear about the, the things that are coming out um, over the last decade or so. And I, I did watch Agnes de C. de la, de la um, here and there. 
mm-hmm. but I think that's the most recent of hers that I've seen. Uh, I know that there's not a whole lot more since then, but there are there are a few. Um, I didn't see Varda by Agnes. Um, what are some of the other ones over the last ten years or so? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I, Faces I, Places. Faces Places. That? No, I never saw that one yet. Okay. Um, yeah. So there, there's a there's a bunch here, a bunch that I haven't seen, and a bunch that I haven't seen for you know, fifteen years. Yeah, you know, I I've seen fewer than actually I thought. I uh, I have not opened the um, the Eclipse set, so I guess I won't be. <laughs> I'll leave that one sealed. <laughs> uh, and and that's a, again, that's another uh, completely Eclipse uh, Blu-ray. I think that's probably the Bergman set is the. First, although I, I believe one film was left off of that because he um, he wrote it, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, so, so I so I haven't seen any of her uh, documentaries. I just pulled up uh, the letterbox. I think it, it's it's got to be more than this. I probably haven't updated it, but it says I've only seen seven of her films, which can't be right. Uh, but I look at them. It's Cleo from five to seven, Vagabond, Le Bonheur, uh, One Sings, the other doesn't, um, and then some of her documentaries, Faces, Places. I think I've seen more than that, but um, but yeah, I, these are and if, the, if this is just the tip of the iceberg, then that's um, yeah, I cannot wait for this. And they are going uh, looks like sort of film festival style, sort of like Bergman, but grouped into different categories. So we have mm-hmm. uh, Agnes Forever, and we have Early Varda, Around Paris, Rue de Guerre, uh, Married Life, uh, in California, which be that's probably the Eclipse set. And anyway, I'm not going to just list all the um, categories, although she does have the uh, Jacques Demy documentaries, as you mentioned, on other discs. Um, and her documentaries, too. Uh, her, her more modern, Gleaners and I, uh, The Beaches of Agnes. Yeah, quite a set. Um, any of what you've seen, any highlights that you'd uh, recommend or that you think are going to stand out? Well, I think if people haven't watched some of her early work. Um, I, I, I think La Pointe Court is it very interesting. It's not like a film that I sit down and watch because I'm, you know, it, it, it's, it's something I watch for its technique and for its part in history. And because she's doing that before some of the other films that, you know, that kind of stuff before some of the other films that are made by the, her more famous male uh, contemporaries. Um, but when you get to something like Cleo, um, it, it's it, she's she's just so interesting. Um, but her, I do think, Aaron, you're gonna love her documentaries. Uh, I didn't love each of them, but she just has this way of looking at people and at their lives in these documentaries, as well as their their contextual surroundings. So a lot of them are documentaries about people or places that are also looking at the art or the knickknacks even, you know, and she's got an interesting way of framing things. Her filmmaking is always kind of uh, unique and, and playful, uh, but it, they're very intimate. They're, they're very uh, special that way. Um, you know, I think her, I think her feature films are a little bit different from her documentaries in that regard. Um, but even there, you know, there's just, a, there's such an interesting voice and, uh, behind uh, and and perspective behind the camera there. I love how she throws herself into these things. 
Um, you know, that's an incredibly p- playful part of, of her filmography that has been going on for decades where she can be a character in her films and her documentaries and, and, or the documentaries can be about her and they don't feel like memoir films or anything like that. They're just, there's a, there's a playfulness to them. I, I think this is going to be fun. And again, I, I, what are there 39 films on here? I don't. I bet <laughs> yeah, I haven't gonna... seen half of them either. I mean, I say that when you said I probably have seen. I bet I haven't. I bet I've seen a third of these. I bet I've seen ten or yeah. eleven or twelve. Yeah, and just the, the the big ones stand out. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. She she has uh, even in her fiction films, her, her narrative films, and, and uh, as well her doc, documentaries. You you kind of get her 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 perspective. Uh, she, see, it's not that she's highlighting herself, even in, in her own documentaries that that are about her, but it's really just. You get a sense of her and how how she injects herself into her work. Um, so, yeah, and she's just the coolest. Uh, love her late stage, and of course, we've already talked about it. She fell asleep in the Criterion <laughs> headquarters, <laughs> which is fun. Uh, so, yeah, I, I cannot wait. Now, just curious, are you going to tackle these uh, by the uh, Criterion's groupings, or will you go chronologically, or what do you think? Uh, I don't. I don't think I'm going to do this one by Criterion's groupings. Um, I might keep that in the back of my mind, but probably I'm going to try and fill in some of the gaps and 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 look at more of her more recent work because that really is where I where I have almost no uh, mm-hmm. no experience with her. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I wonder how many of these are are also grouped together because of uh, space on a disc for example <laughs> and not just yeah. because they go per- I mean they do go well together you've got the Jacques Demy you've got the the Jane B um uh you know the, they they do go together but at the same time I think a lot of them could go other places she's got the visual artists uh section uh, with faces places and you know some of those um so, some of the in California films can go there there's the murmurs, for example, and so I, I think that I'm just going to do what I want to do with this one. <laughs> yeah, there's I think was it 16 disc? I, I forget how many discs, but um, but you're you're probably right that there are uh, going to be some di- uh, some films sharing space with uh, others, and th- that works. We they did that with uh, the Bergman set, and uh, still had plenty of supplements. So yeah, I, I think I'll probably I probably will go in their order. I, I I've done I'm I'm close to the end of the Bergman set, and I've, I've kind of uh, enjoyed having them walk me through his work. And uh, and yeah, so a year from now I will have seen a lot more Varda, um, and <laughs> and I even I know that I'll be well uh, far better off uh, for it. And um, so yeah, the features are just uh, splendorous as well. Uh, there's lots of new things uh there's some new with jane birkin uh and um her varda's children uh matteo and Ro- rosalie varda who both of whom are matteo demi and rosalie varda both of whom have been very very uh instrumental with the restoration of uh, both parents work uh there's lots of <laughs> lots of stuff here uh seven well, hours of ar- archival pro- programs interviews uh good yeah. well the thing that i was going to say i'm particularly excited about is the second bullet point introductions by director yeah. Anya Sparta. I wonder how many of these have that. Um, it seemed, you know, she'd been work, you know, almost had a, a space at the Criterion offices <laughs> because you'd see your picture <laughs> there quite often. I wonder if they've just been working on this for quite a while and if they actually managed to get 
introductions to everything or probably not yeah. but maybe maybe most of it maybe, <laughs> maybe each that's disc she fell asleep yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she she got to the you know the, the beaches of agnes and was like okay i'm i'm napping <laughs> time, time for some rest uh, yeah i i do love those uh so you know, there's bergman is a great example with a lot of introductions uh, renoir is another example there's uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. introductions to each film um, and I would say I, I tend to like I tend to enjoy watching the introductions after I've seen the film, uh, but we'll see how uh, how far it does go. Uh, but yeah, that's that's special. And then there's uh, you know this is going to be just a nice box set for to be on the shelf. I think I'll have it uh, somewhere near the um, the Bergman Olympic set. Uh, but it's going to have a 200 page book uh, with um, some we mentioned Amy Taubin. Uh, there's also Michael Koreski, so I think probably my my guess is the some of the eclipse mm-hmm. um, uh, literature or writings that he he contributed, uh, Jeanette Vincent Du and and plenty of others, um, and also of uh, Varda's photography. I mean, this is going to be just an overdose of Varda. Not that you can <laughs> overdose. Well, it's it's one of these sets you can you can spend your lifetime uh, digging into, coming out of, going back into it. I mean, I can't imagine how much work went into getting this put together. It's beautiful, and I, I had to have been years. Uh, my, yeah, it's it's just something. And yes, you're, great point. This is going to, going to occupy a lot of our lives, and uh, just like Bergman, just like uh, you know everything that's yet to come. So, more to come on this. We'll be talking about this uh, in a couple months for sure. It almost feels <laughs> weird to move on from that because this is certainly the highlight of the month, but. Uh, but I will move on to August 18th. Uh, we have two releases, the, the first of which is Town Bloody Hall, which I haven't seen. I believe you have. I have. Uh, Chris Hedges and D.A. Pennebaker, so two cinema verite legends. And this looks like um, like a, ca- a snapshot of a combustible period of feminism versus, uh, I don't why I'm tr- trying to think of the... The word uh, for <laughs> Mailer's perspective, I don't, I haven't seen the film, so but <laughs> but uh, the cover is just a rebel four women versus <laughs> rebel, yeah, maybe uh, male chauvinist. I don't know. There's don't that know for sure. Provocateur. Have you seen? I this? have, and I I I didn't know that I had seen it. So the the reason that I was pretty excited. So I, you know, in, in college in grad school twenty years ago, I did watch this, but I didn't know. I, I I'd forgotten what it was called. But I watched it because it it's a recording of this town hall meeting, um, and I, so I, I watched it for the literary theory perspective. You know, you've got uh, Jermaine Greer, oh. you've got Norman Mailer, you've got Diana Trilling, um, and because you know a, a lot of literary theory is also you know goes into some of these uh, political movements and and. Um, feminism was was a big part of it because a lot of my professors were you know they came of age in this period and so i watched it back then uh, completely forgot about the name but the 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 sh- the documentary had stuck with me and so people are talking about oh i hear town bloody halls coming or you know that might be you know it's kind of in the rumor mill never realized it until i saw the announcement yesterday and i read about it and i said wow I th- I've seen this. <laughs> I really liked this. <laughs> so I did go on YouTube last night and watch some more clips of it just to bring it back. And um, yeah, this is this is a, this is a great uh, film. Um, 
it, it's not a documentary like we might think about them. It's much more in the vein, like mm-hmm. you say, of the cinema verite. They are basically recording this meeting. They're not interviewing people. They're not, um, you know, it, it, it's a longer meeting. It says in the in the write up here that it was actually three and a half hours. Um, the movie itself is is yeah. only I don't know eighty five minutes. I think is what it says on on here, and it's something else to to watch because the 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 women on the panel are there specifically to respond to a piece that Norman Mailer wrote, you know, injecting himself into feminism uh, because he he would, you know, he's he's got that kind of ego. Um, mm-hmm. But they're you know they're people who knew him um, for the most part, and he knows them. But to watch them go back and forth and and argue in a way that is uh, not the way we do it anymore, you know, not, they don't even agree with each other. The women, you know, it's they have a, a variety of voices on this, and they're talking to each other. And and uh, Mailer is um, is Mailer in this to a, to an extent. You've got to admire that he he would get up there and put <laughs> this on because if he he didn't, you know, maybe some of their responses wouldn't be there. But at the same time. Um, it's, I remember this is a big wake up call to me, uh, when I watched it of, you know, hearing Mailer say some things that I may have thought before and then paying attention to what these women were saying, especially when it was clear that he was discounting them, telling them they didn't know what he was saying. Um, but he didn't ever seem willing to go where they were going or try to catch it from their perspective. He was very defensive um, in an aggressive way. Uh, at the same time, you know, hmm. there's some levity to it. I mean, th- there's people from the audience shouting, and there's a lot of cussing, I remember, um, at various parts. Um, but they still are able to chuckle at each other's jokes. And I, you know, we just don't, we, we don't have this huh. dialogue in quite this way anymore. It, it, social media day, it's it's us versus them. And, uh, you know, these, uh, it's, so it, it's, I think it'll be interesting for many reasons to watch this again and to to see the, the debate that was 50 years ago, how much of it, how much has changed and how much hasn't. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, be, be grateful that um, Mailer was taken on, uh, taken to task in a way, even though he <laughs> himself probably felt like he came out ahead um, in it. I don't think he does. I think that, I think that the... The other voices here are, are able to do it, and you've got you've got beyond the four main panelists, you've got Susan Sontag and Betty Friedan. You can see on yeah, on Betty. the the thing they ask questions. Some heavyweights, yeah. yeah. And oh, but great. Cynthia Ozick. So they're on. like moderators. No, no, they're in the front row, and once the panel is done talking, um, they huh. kind of get a chance to just ask a question each or say something. Um, you know, it was planned that they would be ringside, basically. And um, and be able to, to say a few things, but they they don't take it too they don't take up much time, but they're so thoughtful and they're so mm-hmm. you know of course yeah, uh, it, it's just it, it's it's great it really is great and I I'm, I can't wait for this I'm excited about the um the supplements on on it as well yeah um and so before we get to those I mean you're you're kind of my my literary go to um and I have read a couple mailer books. I did not know he was a misogynist uh, i I guess that's not a question i have probably a lot of my favorite authors are, are um, <laughs> yeah he, are misogynists yeah. so you, you, you don't want to meet your heroes but um are you a, a fan of his work or 
I kind of despise Mailer. Um, okay. okay. I, I, I have read a number of his uh, of his books. Uh, eventually, they all started to sound like him um, pontificating and exploiting situations. Um, mm-hmm. He was definitely an intelligent person and had a lot of thoughts. So to an extent, like I said before, you almost have to admire that he would be willing to go into some of these places and and provoke like like he says but i started to see it not as uh not as an intellectually honest exercise but more as a as a a way to get his his blood pumping and you know i don't know if i'm right in that perspective but that's definitely where i've landed on mailer over the last you know oh, several okay. years and this definitely is is part of that um you know he's just he's so offensive at times, and even though he's trying to be the the reasonable left leaning male voice in mm-hmm. this, kind of saying, "Look, I can't," you know, you've got to acknowledge that men aren't the only problem here, and they're. But he doesn't hear him when they're saying, "We know," <laughs> you know. He just has to kind of stay defensive and um, and tell them that, well, as usual, you don't know what I'm saying. You know, you don't, you, you misunderstood <laughs> everything that I said. And it's like, man, you know, you see, you see so much of, of what has made our dialogue on the, the male side of this so offensive and um, ineffectual and uh, it's, it's there. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't like him. I, I the, the executioner's song yeah, yeah. T- took place here where I live. Um, it sure and, did. Gary, and, Gary Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's fascinating for that, but at the same time, it, it is a bloated um, book where you can tell he's made his payday. You know, not that he needed it maybe mm-hmm. necessarily, but you can tell he just knows he's got it. He's working while he's trying to be this this um, uh, recounter. You know, kind of to tell this story. And he puts this in the book, but you can also see him shoring up his rights uh, as a as the the author and as the person who can share this, and you know the, the media rights of the movie that might come from his book, and it just it starts to become kind of ugly. But he he didn't shy away from it. Like I say, he's he's the one writing about the ugliness of what he's doing. So he's an interesting character. I won't say that he's not worth um, grappling with, um, but. I'm kind of glad that his voice is is it's overshadowed in this documentary for sure. That the he didn't win. Okay. So, well, I'm sorry, Norman. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think of him as kind of made made inroads with true crime. So I think Executioner's Song is an example. But I I think I may have read it when I was younger. I don't. I remember it being around. So, and I think there have been others. But uh, yeah, inter- interesting character. Uh, so this was a, a reaction to the Prisoner of Sex, which mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to read this, but I'm, I'm sure it's I never out there have. somewhere. Yeah, never have. So yeah. I don't know. But you, you're, you're right. There are a lot of features here. There's a commentary. There must have been a 2004 release of some in some variety. I, I tried to find a DVD and couldn't find one. So, but there's commentary with Hegedus and author Jermaine Greer. Uh, another new interview with Hegedus. Uh, there's footage from a celebration of the film, and then some archival interviews. We get to see Mailer, and then you know we we see a lot of Dick Cavett uh, supplements. But I'm kind of looking forward to Dick Cavett on 1971 uh, promoting this book, which I'm, I'm guessing he probably won't come off the best to me. Um, maybe this prompted <laughs> the uh, discussion. Um, I don't I don't know. Um, 
I guess yeah, it was right about this time. And but the movie came out. I don't remember when Executioner's Song came out, but I want to say it was about this time. Yeah, Eighty or eighty-one, I want to say. Yeah, um, might have been kind of the peak of his popularity as an author, and also a very pivotal time, you know, for the women's movement. You know, you had the end of the Carter area era, Reaganism's coming, Reaganomics is coming in, and uh, and I think the, I think the uh, the the, what would they call it the. Um, I'm trying to think of the female feminist movement, the ERA, Equal Equal Rights Amendment. I think that was uh, gaining steam then. So, yeah, interesting context for this. Can't wait, can't wait to see it. By the way, Executioner Song is 79. Uh, it won the Pulitzer, I think, probably 80, which is why I was thinking that it had crossed that boundary. But, yeah, same time as this movie came out. So, yeah, probably, as you mentioned, going for that big payday, probably Mailer was probably a household name around 79. Uh, yeah, I, he wasn't my household. I was there, so I remember. Um, even if we didn't read him, uh, we knew him. Let's see. The next one is also August eighteenth. There's a lot here, Trevor, and this is uh, Paul Schrader's uh, "The Comfort of Strangers." So, speaking of uh, literary, there's uh, the this is Ian McEwen. He's somebody I admire more than um, than Mailer, but I'm not uh, <laughs> as close to this. I'm assuming you are more of a McEwen fan. Uh, yeah, I am. I, I mean, I, I think I, I like, I think I like him. All right. You know, there are parts of, of his work that are definitely open for criticism for maybe some similar things that Mailer is, um, hmm. but not to the same extent, in my opinion. And I think McEwen has a, has a playful, witty side to him as well. Um, as his kind of maybe more snobbish literary side, he seem he I think he gets away with it a little more in my book because he he's got that playful side that makes it feel a little bit self deprecating at time. I don't know, maybe, <laughs> but I do. Oh. I I am definitely a, a a bigger fan of McEwen. I've I I really like him and I really like this book and I like Harold Pinter okay. too. So um, I I've never seen this movie though. I've just read the the book. So yeah, I, I have not either, and I I, I do love Schrader. Sh- one thing I found this week is that um, Schrader had there's some backlash a- against him, and I, I think it's I think that he made some comments. Uh, uh, he's he's very proud, you know. <laughs> uh, I think he submitted a top ten list and put um, of all, movies of all time, and he put one of his movies at the very top. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not the literary scholar that you are, but I, I, have, I think I've read Atonement, and I want to say there's another McEwen book I've read. Um, and I, Atonement didn't strike me as playful, but uh, but it was well written. Uh, I did not like like the movie as well. So, but so I, I can't speak uh, much about this film. I will say the cover is very interesting. Um, yeah, the cover. I, like I say, I never have seen it. It's on the Criterion Channel. I probably should have been, tried to to catch up with it after the announcement, but I didn't. But the cover is, you know, it, it it's a scene from the book as well. Um, a pretty powerful scene that I still remember where I was when I read it, um, because really? it, it's oh. it's just. His his ability to kind of play with words, but while also almost hypnotizing you, and you can kind of see uh, what's going on in this um, in this scene. You know, you can see the hand holding the teacup there, so the almost noxious fumes coming off of it. Uh, yeah, this is a famous scene. <laughs> so I'm I'm, okay. <laughs> I'm very curious how it plays out in the film. 
so yeah, looking forward to this one. Uh, so yeah, some early performances from big stars. Well, Rupert Everett and N- N- Natasha Richardson. So I, wow, that's very early for them. And we have Christopher Walken and Helen Mirren. So they, <laughs> Helen Mirren, of course, <laughs> well, both of them had been, had been some prominent features mm-hmm. by that time, but still pretty early in their careers. Well, let me let me say on that too. This is very well cast. I I you know yeah, looking okay. at the people. I mean, I don't know how well it's acted, um, but if you know if I were to to cast these characters from this book, and these four names walked in, I'd I'd do the exact same thing. This is this just really hmm. fits. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, again, I've, I've heard the mixed things about the movie, uh, so I kind of love hate, but it seems like that's uh, that's become uh, the reaction to Schrader, so that's which is surprising. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it. There are some um, some really interesting features. Uh, there's inter- interviews with Schrader, Walken, and editor Bill Pankow. Oh, I should mention that uh, Angelo uh, Battlementi Battle uh, from Twin Peaks does the mm, score, okay. so... Uh, prior to his work with um, with Lynch, I, I know I know he worked with other directors, but pretty well known for working for David Lynch. Oh, man, don't try and put this story in the in in mind. It would I, I'm just thinking, wouldn't it be fascinating if Lynch had done this film? Oh my gosh, <laughs> you're gonna have to read this, Aaron. <laughs> okay, I, I and maybe I will. Maybe I'll, I'll read it. I, I I tend to like to books often ruin movies for me so mm-hmm. i tend to want to watch the movie before i read the book so i, I don't know Maybe. go, we'll go for it we'll yeah see, see how, but i think i think how much time i have i think regardless of your reaction to the movie whether you love it or, or hate it or it's somewhere in between i do i'll recommend that you pick up it's early ian McEwen. he's a different fella back then than he yeah. was in atonement and what he's done since um i like him better back then there's just this dark I don't know. It's it's it it fits more with with Lynch. Okay. Well, I will I will try to check it out. Um, I have a big reading list, but so I can't promise. But I'll do my best. Um, and then finally, uh, August twenty fifth is a film that we've been expecting and talk talking about for I don't know months, years, decades, maybe. Uh, so as we're both big Jean Renoir fans, and and I think you're right that there might not be uh, too many. Uh, left to choose from but yeah we have uh, 1935 tony uh so this is a a very important uh, renoir film I, we've talked plenty before about its influence on um on uh, neorealism and the connection with uh with visconti who was an ad uh, but it's and you just watched it so you, your uh, memory is probably fresher than mine i think I, I last saw it on the masters of cinema dvd so that's um that shows how long it's been um First off, the cover is gorgeous. Uh, we haven't really mm-hmm. talked about covers here, but I really like the kind of, um, uh, I guess, kind of watercolor, um, maybe slightly impressionistic. I'm not a big art critic, but uh, yeah, it's a very um, striking cover. Um, so you you just saw Tony a couple of days ago. What was your your take on it? Yeah, I actually saw it over the last couple of days. I started it Thursday night and then finished it yesterday after it was announced. And yeah, I, I, I was really surprised um, in, in two ways. One, it didn't feel, I mean, it, there's definitely, you can see that it's a Renoir film to an extent, but it didn't, it didn't feel like my favorites of his, you know, um, there's a, a different tone to this. Um, the, the neorealistic tone is, is there from the beginning. Um, 
but I was also surprised that when when I watched it, I finally was like, okay, I can see why people bring this film up as such an influential film. Um, you know, it, it seems it seems very early for the type of um, the type of way that it tells this story uh, with its non-professional actors, with the uh, just the almost meandering quality and an interest in the context with the immigrants and not just in the in the story itself of the the lovers um so yeah i thought this was i thought it was really good i, I really liked it, it it's it, mm-hmm. it was i i'm i'm glad i finally caught up with it it's, i've been meaning to you know for a while <laughs> um but i thought yeah. i thought it was going to be coming to blu-ray um and so I kind of was waiting, but finally I was like, you know, there's no reason to wait. I can just watch it again on Blu-ray, right? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you can. And you can watch it with all these uh, wonderful supplements. Yeah, well, I, I will wait. Uh, I'll rewatch it, uh, when it when it comes out on Blu-ray here in, in a few months. But uh, but I, I, it's not my favorite Renoir from the period, uh, but... You know, I, I pretty much like all his work. Uh, I mean, there are a couple thing, a couple films that aren't um, aren't as impressive. I mean, he, he put out a lot of work during this period, uh, but this is uh, certainly it, it kind of stands out. Uh, I, I think maybe because of the neo realism aspect. Uh, you know, they call it poetic realism for his other work, and there are hints of it uh, elsewhere. But uh, this one is is special, and and it does kind of have that same um, you know character based uh, and a little bit bucolic. Uh, feel uh, mm-hmm. so um so yeah looking forward to re- rediscovering it um i will say that I'm, I'm also excited that uh a new video essay about the making of it by uh, my friend and scholar christopher christopher faulkner uh, had the pleasure of uh, having uh, dinner with him one night great oh, guy great. uh and i I haven't. He has. He's a big Renoir scholar. Basically, we we just talk Renoir the whole time, and and my wife tried to keep up. <laughs> no, I, I, she she really liked him too. But um, uh, yeah, can't wait. Um, so th- this was a Masters of Cinema DVD, as I mentioned, and we just recorded a, a Masters of Cinema episode that it's actually going to come out after this one. But this has uh, some features from that. Uh, the commentary with Kent Jones and Philip Lepate. Um, from 2006 uh there's also a um an interview with um uh, renoir from 1961 not an introduction on on this one um but then there's a, a cineaste uh, de notre dame from 1967 uh which is that french tv uh series that directed by rivette so it should be very interesting and again uh our one of my favorite scholars jeanette uh, vincent doe is wrote the essay so yeah that's uh that's August. Looking forward to it. Really quick question as a follow-up on Tony. Um, what other... I, I, I looked through Renoir's filmography to kind of say, what's the other one? You know, this is the one that I know people have been wondering right. about. Before that, you, you know, there, there were some others. Um, uh, but are, are there others? You, you know more. I've never seen any... Other than what Criterion has released, and I've seen all of those, I've never seen anything they haven't released. So there may be plenty there that, that I'm missing that are, are worth um, digging into, but what are your thoughts? Uh, there are more. Um, I'd say in, in his 30s period, if... I, I don't I don't know about rights or anything, but The Crime of Monsieur Lang is probably a, a big one. Um, and I'm kind of on the spot there are a couple others uh we we had done a deep dive actually you were part of that into into renoir um a few years back on criterion close-up so i'm trying to remember what other there was there was another prominent 
early, uh, yeah. early to mid thirties work that I um that's on my tongue that I haven't seen, but it's very um well re- reputed. I'm actually going to see if I can look it up here. Um, Night Night at the Crossroads is a, a important one. I haven't seen it, and um, okay, uh, good director. Uh, yeah, he did an ad- adaptation of Madame Bovary that was supposed to be pretty good. Yeah, uh, well, on that that note with Renoir, I might as well just kick it to uh, the news. So how about let's talk about this pretty quickly because we're run- running along. Um, a lot of news items here. So uh, we have, uh, there was a Facebook post by PHP, or, I'm sorry, PHF Films uh, saying that company original cast recording is coming to Criterion. Uh, this is, uh, we mentioned the um, um, Town Hall. Uh, this is Pennebaker Hegedus films, so that's <laughs> so that's yeah. important for the PH. So they so I, they said it's coming within the next few months. Uh, so it, this was April 26th. It's been a couple weeks. I actually kind of thought it might be announced this week, but I'm guessing maybe <laughs> September. I don't know. I mean, do you think that Town Bloody Hall took its spot i mean it seemed it, uh, who knows they can do what they want but huh, it, it, yeah. i would wonder if this was the pennebaker hegedus film coming out this year um and they'll do the next one after they give it some time to breathe but i don't know that you know it's just it would seem a little weird that they didn't either release them simultaneously or that they don't space yeah. them out but hope to be proved wrong i've never seen it i don't know anything about it yeah, I, I, I've, I have not even seen the musical, although I've, um, uh, yeah, I have a, I know I've seen it in, in pieces, uh, like, you know, Marriage Story, I saw, um, what's his name, uh, Darth, uh, not Darth, uh, <laughs> uh, Kylo Ren, uh, yeah. sing, yes, yes, <laughs> sing a song from Company, <laughs> which was quite an experience, and I've seen the documentary now episode, which I think would make the, the, the cut for the Criterion, um, but yeah, you're right. They they don't generally space out directors by uh, works within uh, a month or two. So we'll see. Um, I know there there are a lot of people looking for this, and uh, it sounds like a, an interesting uh, and unique um, uh, documentary. I'm probably kind of like Town Bloody Hall. Yeah, I hope they do. I hope they they don't you know wait just because they feel like it's too close. I hope it just comes. Bring it on. Yeah, why not? Yeah, you don't have to. I mean, the Hegedus Pennebaker uh, well is probably um, probably running a little dry compared to what what they put out. So, and and if there's more that I don't, I'm not aware of, you know, unearth it. Let's have it. It's all good stuff and and really interesting conversations. I think I'm not as big into into drama and musicals, but um, that, so that's a world I haven't seen. So I would love to see you know a little um, behind the scenes um, of this uh, cast recording. So um, an, another. Um, title that uh, had been on the Criterion DVD, uh, uh, well, had been released on Criterion DVD, is uh, G.W. Pabst's uh, Pandora's Box. It was one that I've kind of been hoping for an upgrade because we have had some uh, some Pabst in the last couple years. I know we had the pair of them uh, yeah. with um, Camera Shopped and uh, Westfront. Was it 1918? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, but but nope, not going to happen. Looks like because Kino has the rights, and it looks like they're going to. I'll put the link in the show notes. Uh, they're going to distribute the film. I th- I'm, well, you know, we'll see what happens with the theater situation. But it sounds like they have access to the print, and you can, uh, you, you know, theaters can book it. I think once they start reopening it, I've been waiting for this one. So I don't 
I'm going to get, if Kino puts it on disc, I'll get it. But um, what do you think? Surprised? Yeah, yeah, I'm surprised that this one isn't one that Criterion, presumably um, because they have the resources, uh, I'm surprised they didn't fight for it, but I don't know all the, the backroom stuff. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I like Kino. I like that they put out stuff um, that might take years if, if it were just up to Criterion's schedule. Um, so I'm glad this is coming. I do have the DVD, and I'm gonna keep it because it's a it's a great box. You know, it's 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 a really nice yeah. it's a really nice release. It would have been nice if they could have uh, upgraded that particular release to blue Blu-ray. Um, you know, one of my other issues, I I, I don't know. I, I find that Kino's subtitles often go awry. You know, I don't know. I I I'm glad they're releasing yeah. so many of these films that. Uh, I think people who are getting into film in the last decade and are Blu-ray only have never seen, and I, I love sitting down and watching them in HD, you know. Um, but at the same time, I'm often disappointed by their subtitles, and I hope that I hope that that uh, uh, that's just an issue with me. Fortunately, with Pandora's box, <laughs> shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> you know, probably probably will not be. I, we have a <laughs> so. And so at least some good work has been done there. We know that. Um, but, yeah. Well, I haven't seen it, so I... I, I but you have it, uh, right? I've been waiting. This is one you... I, I you do have, have the, good, cause, the DVD. Again, nice uh, box. I, and I do... I, I'm, I'm never going to argue against more films. I do like that Kino gets a lot out there. I, I kind of wonder, you know, they throw so much out there, how much... Uh, and they, they don't put as much love into the, um, the, the you know, obviously not as much as Criterion, uh, but again, that's a high bar. Um but they, the the films are out there, and we are able to see them. So that's that's definitely a good thing, and, and in a, a higher definition print, probably probably restored. Uh, I don't know if maybe um, restored by the the, the film, the, the whoever does have the rights, or maybe the um, their country. So uh, well, we'll see. Um, and I'll skip to uh, well, r- r- really quickly. So one of the reasons sure. that I love what Kino is doing is until they released a few of those Jean Gabin films a few years ago, Gabin films, <laughs> I don't think he'd been released Gabin. on Blu-ray in the U.S. at least. And so that was wonderful. Again, didn't yeah. like the subtitles on some of yeah. that, but they were beautiful. <laughs> they looked great, and I'm so glad that we have them. I'm glad that I bought them. Um, so, yeah, I don't want to necessarily... Um, uh, criticize them too much, but you know, there, there. I think there's yeah, some man. criticism that's that's there and is taking into account some of the, the their style of, of putting these things out. That is a good thing, you know. That's kind of mm-hmm. a, maybe a little bit of a double edge there of uh, their ability to put these things out so fast. Is that's great, and it leads to some shortcuts maybe in other in other areas. But you know, room Definitely. for all, room for all. Yeah, they're 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 certainly not a criterion, and I mean, but we can't fault them for having a different business model. They're you know they're not in the uh, the they do put out special editions of of, of of discs occasionally when they get something that's uh, that's very special, like African American filmmakers, the women filmmakers. There there's mm-hmm. some interesting uh, re- releases from them. But but yeah, they're 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 mostly interested in getting films out, and uh, and and I don't know if they're their warehousing um, model, but uh, but I'm guessing they don't print as many as you know they, they kind of 
will reprint based on sales uh, because they have so much. I don't think they could uh, have, you know, 3000 or everything. But, um, but yeah, I, I will buy this proudly and, uh, and I'll watch it. So uh, speaking of Criterion, well, we're always speaking of Criterion. Uh, we had, uh, it's been a little while. I, I think it's been a month since my last, our last episode. But uh, Karina Longworth a couple weeks ago was in the closet. Um, I always enjoy these closet videos. And I think she's interesting because she has a podcast that's um, probably one of the, the, you know, as far as art film and history, one of, if not the top uh, podcast, which is uh, You Must Remember This. It's very popular. And she's also married to Ryan Johnson, who um, of Star Wars fame, again, uh, two Star Wars references in one show. How about that? <laughs> um, but he did recently did Knives Out, and he's he's done some some smaller indie pictures that I, I've been a, a fan of. Uh, yeah, I'm not not the biggest Star Wars fan, but I, I generally like his work, and I, I like where he comes from from a um, from a, a cinephilia background. Um, and she actually refers to him a couple of times. Uh, so did you get a chance to watch Karina? I did. I watched it when it was published, which now was a, a little while ago. I can't remember which films she talks about, but I, I do really like her podcast. Um, and I remember really mm -hmm. liking the video, but I've forgotten. I have forgotten the substance. Yeah, she. Uh, it, it was. I agree. It was an enjoyable video. Um, um, she doesn't really get too much into any titles. Not not like some. I think it was like a two minute video, and she mentions you know having uh, seen uh, she, like Marseille trilogy. I, she mentioned that one. Uh, had she had seen that, uh, and she'd skipped La La Land for that. So that that's fun. <laughs> I do remember and, that. Uh, now. <laughs> and then she, I, and then she uh, took people. People on Sunday, uh, that's the other Mac, right? Yeah. Because her husband uh, hasn't that, seen it yet or something like that. Because he I, I did like it, how yeah, she so. never said Ryan or Ryan Johnson, just my husband, you know. <laughs> right, <laughs> like right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. My, uh, he's, he's working on, he probably was working on Star Wars when she, or maybe Knives Out when she, when she was there. Um, and, uh, and yeah, the, the one thing that stood out to me is one thing that was shared on social media is she pronounced Criterion wrong, um. I want to say she said Criterion. It wasn't that Criterion. It was a weird pronunciation. Yeah, I didn't quite. I was a little taken aback by that, but yeah, it's fine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Tomato, tomato, Criterion, Criterion. How many words have we mispronounced just because we're talking and in this and being recorded, you know? So, and maybe that's the way she pronounces it, which I don't whatever you know <laughs> sure yeah yeah no I, i'm sure we well hey just talking about foreign language uh, uh films and names i've mispronounced probably thousands by now uh maybe even on this episode so but i'm getting better and uh so the next item was also a few weeks old and this is a uh, satyajit ray i think i have hit that down at least the ray part for sure uh there was some uh there was a, a big finding of uh, his his earlier work and or uh, not earlier but just entire body of work and um and they, they i believe the article said it kind of just fell out of something so well, or tumbled out um, during yeah. a cleanup yeah his son go. was is in lockdown and finally decided to go and and clean out their loft or something like that and he he's not even done but he's already found a lot of old yeah. negatives, a lot of old photographs, both from films as well as just his dad's photography. Um, I found that the uh, the uh, headline was a little bit 
misleading. You know, you read Satyajit Ray classics found, and I think, whoa, there's found right. something new or a new, a new right, film. Right, right. No, yeah. they didn't do that. But it does sound intriguing that they found old negatives. Um, maybe you know some of those will will actually lead to even better uh, version or you know releases, better restorations of some of his older films probably long down the road <laughs> before we'd see anything like that. But, you know, yeah, it's going to be, I mean, just because of the current situation. Um, I, I did notice that, yeah, they, they found other, um, I don't know if it was negatives or prints of the Apu trilogy. Yeah. And my first thought was, wow, well, they restored those from uh, <laughs> yep. prints that burn in a fire. I wonder if, what those those people thought of this. Like, wow. <laughs> If we had waited a couple of years, uh, we, we had a better original. Maybe, uh, right? He did say hand. some of this is rotting and, and um, getting hit with right. vinegar syndrome and all of that. So who knows what it is? But it's it's interesting that there's a treasure trove of, of you know, almost supplementary material for Ray's uh, career. I, that's, that's exactly what I was thinking. And his birthday, his hundred, he would be 100 next year. <laughs> so should, should we should we get the rumor mill going? Uh, Satyajit Ray, uh, no centennial no, box we set. Shouldn't. We shouldn't. <laughs> but I had the same thought when I read I the article and saw that. <laughs> I, I don't know if we're ever going to have the time, but um, but yeah. That, also, that you know, people have a lot of free time right now, so they could be working on supplements and maybe digitally sending items. I don't know. Um, uh, as far as restoring, yeah, that's going to take some time. Um, but but you know, maybe if there's a release that's planned, uh, you know, we know. I, I believe they have the rights to all his films, so it's good news. Mm-hmm, however, you slice mm-hmm. it, and always so interesting to 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 wonder what else is out there that we'll stumble on in the next year or, or decade, you know, from from the past that we thought was lost or never even knew existed. It, it's these kinds of things are are fun. Uh, because of how it makes you think of like the the copy of um, of um, oh it's the Joan of Arc uh, by can't think of the name oh, <laughs> anyway the the silent uh, dr- dryer yes dryer's uh, dryer's film Carl- you know yeah. finding that uh, that print in in that closet uh, that that mm-hmm. helped to to bring so much of that back and. And in the in the original, uh, better better cuts and things like that, you know, who knows how many <laughs> more things like that are out there that we might stumble on and and aren't lost, even though so much has been lost. Yeah, maybe there's a greed. Maybe there's a magnificent Anderson. That, 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 anybody that, that, that. <laughs> that one, I think. <laughs> anybody is that's a... related, yeah, that one's probably <laughs> probably in the sea somewhere. Anybody that's related to a filmmaker or has any sort of connection and is bored right now, please go through the, that stuff. You know, we want to find this stuff. Make this uh, this downtime productive. So, well, we'll see about Ray. Uh, I think I, I was expecting at some point we would get another Ray. It's uh, I think the last one was the hero. Which was really special. Yeah. Um, I loved I that. I think yeah. It, yeah. Uh, so I'm, I think that Ray's work is nice to parcel out. You know, I, I, um, a box would be great, but I'm, I'm still fine with a release every year or two. And uh, yeah, I don't know how many of his I've seen. Probably more than Varda. But uh, and let's just briefly talk about uh, some of the uh, the ongoing news with uh, the current release slate. Um, so as we record today, May 16th, the uh, the Criterion sale from their website has been extended until June. So that was 30% off. And I've been ordering just from them. I don't know um, 
Well, I think you're on the press list, so you you just get the stuff regardless, right? Uh, the, all the releases? No, I, I get some of them, yeah. um, and some of them are get lost in the mail too. Uh, I haven't <laughs> seen this month's yet, uh, but I have. I've been re- uh, ordering some with with COVID nineteen. There there was there there have been some some strange things. So, but I, anyway, I, I did order the Grand Budapest Hotel for example, <laughs> and I right, haven't gotten right, it yet, yes. but, uh, <laughs> but I did take advantage of the sale to, to get that and, and that gift certificate. Um, by the way, uh, if you don't mind really quick on the sale and on those gift certificates, mm-hmm. several of us got two of them. I couldn't get them to work on the same order, but I could huh. get them to oh, okay. work on different orders. You know, if I tried to input two of them on the same one, it said you've already taken advantage of this deal or something like that. But if I made the one order and then went in with the other code for another one, it worked. So folks who are saying, oh, I'll throw this one away, hope you haven't done that yet um, because you, you can still, well, I think why? you can still use it. I miss that because I use mine on the same order. Yeah, <laughs> so I, maybe. Um, I heard about that, but uh, yeah. um, it seemed like they shut that down, but it didn't, I don't think it, it didn't, for me, it huh. didn't mean that they shut it down Um to, to use both of them, you just I couldn't use them on the same disc. Well, I, I'm still ordering everything from them, and I'm one more shipment away from a $50 gift certificate, which, guess what, is going to be spent on. Oh, are you Wait waiting for, for August? <laughs> yes, Agnes Barta is going to... Is going to I'm going to get a little fifty dollar uh, gift certificate towards nice, that. So, nice. yeah, uh, Grand Budapest. I, so I, I also ordered from uh, Criterion, and mine arrived with uh, me and you and everyone we know. So I might as well just mention the recently recently released uh, titles are, are those are two of them. I I think it was I don't know if it's a production issue or maybe they sold out. I, I imagine it was very popular, but um, some people uh, were, had notifications that uh, Grand Budapest was delayed. Yeah, I got that. So that might be the Okay, so yeah, that must be the situation. Uh, good, it's a great disc. I've already gone through it, and I've already watched it twice in the commentary, and uh, yeah, so everybody's in for a treat, but I guess we'll hold off on um, talking about it much. No. <laughs> and Amazon is just shipping discs slowly anyway, so um, so I think maybe next month most people will have uh, had that and, and been able to consume it. Also, uh, Wildlife was delayed until the 26th, so that was going to come out this coming Tuesday. Uh, I think that was the 19th or 20th. So, yeah, 19th. Um, so it was pushed back a week, uh, so just FYI. Um, I am looking forward to that. Um, yeah, and another one that was recently released is Six Morals Tales. That just arrived for me this week. Um, I've seen all of them. They're great. And then The Great Escape, which I haven't seen. Uh, so... Any comments on the recent released? Any gems we should look for? Um, well, I think people probably know. You know, the Grand Budapest Hotel, of course, <laughs> is a great package, and it, it's a film that I re- really enjoy too. I'm excited. My, 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 my the, I'm tracking it. It's in Provo. I live not in Provo, <laughs> but I'm like, can't you get it to me today? Still, but it says it's coming Monday. Um, but the Six Moral Tales, that's that's a set that I've been tempted to buy many times, but hoped it would come to Blu-ray. Um, so I still haven't seen them, and I'm looking forward to that. That that wow. to me of of the wow. recently released you just mentioned is the one I'm most excited about. 
you are in for a treat. I, I, I think I, I have a pretty good handle on your film tastes, and these seem right up your Excellent. alley. So congrats. Thanks. Yeah, I would just I'd drive, drive to Provo, say, hey, this is mine. <laughs> I, I need it. It's uh, Yeah, Great Escape is one that I, um, I've wanted to see for a long time, um, but have not. So me and you and everyone we know, I, I revisited, and it, it is a fun disc. I'm not going to say it's a masterpiece, um, but uh, there are some great moments. Uh, there's, there's one in particular where they're... Um, just walking down a block, <laughs> and I, I like the way they um, they they uh, use that to, to translate it to life and uh, and and marriage and that sort of thing. So, um, I think Miranda July is a really interesting creative talent. Um, I know she's not for everybody, uh, but but she is for some people. I think uh, Josh Brunsting from Criterion Cast said that this was the release of the year. So, the people that love her really love her. But, um, but I, did, I did enjoy this. Um, I didn't enjoy her all of her early student films, I'll be honest. Hmm. Um, I don't know it yet, so... Okay. Well, it's it has that indie twee uh, feel, so that kind of early aughts. Um, so it might be a, a, up your alley, maybe not. Um, I feel more confident with uh, Roman. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, uh, as the aforementioned wildlife is coming out uh then dance girl dance is coming out this coming week uh, one i one change with that uh there was a carrie uh, beauchamp scene commentary that was removed and there, there was a francis ford coppola interview that was added so i'm not sure what happened with that and then the week after we have uh, uh cassavetti's uh, husband um speaking of i believe isn't he on the in the great escape uh, I might be thinking of the dirty. I've dozen. never seen the Great Escape either, um, so I don't know. <laughs> okay, well we'll find out. And then Scorsese shorts, so that's um, so a lot of short films from Scorsese, not his actual shorts, which I'm sure he's wearing all the time. <laughs> the supplement. <laughs> that the supplement. Yeah. What do you think of the upcoming films? I'm excited because I I, I have seen several of the Scorsese shorts um, through various venues and things over the years, just trying to. To, to look for them and I'm excited for that but I haven't seen Husbands and I'm ex- that's that and Dance Girl Dance are the two I'm most excited about of the ones you just mentioned um, though Wildlife intrigues me I've heard good things about it it's probably not a film I would have looked for but for the good things I'm hearing and so and both that and Husbands should be showing up hopefully anytime too for, for review purposes um, but they haven't yet so <laughs> so I should have thoughts on him soon. I'm trying to think of where wildlife might you might be able to identify based on the geography because it's somewhere in the southwest and it's firefighting. Um, so I, I I don't believe it was Utah, but um, yeah, uh, it, it's it's good. I, I like it. But yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm I'm look, really looking forward to Dance Girl Dance. Uh, Husbands is one of the the big Cassavetes films I haven't seen, and uh, yes, yeah, Scorsese shorts. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen any of them, so I'm really looking forward to those. All right, well, we, we, usually we do short takes, but this is a big show, so uh, just for the patrons, they, on the unedited version there are short takes. So if you want to hear about where's my friend's house and the touch, that's where you go. And so we're done with the show. So. Um, Usually we finish up with a piece of flair, which is anything that's not Criterion-related that we've been digging lately. So, Trevor, what have you uh, seen lately from uh, from not not from Criterion? Oh, I I may have broken your rule yet again. Um, I I put down here to talk a little bit about Mr. Deeds Goes to Town um, because it's on the Criterion channel, and I'd never seen it before. 
I also may have broken mm. your rule because I didn't know that it... Well, I probably knew at one time, but I, I wasn't thinking about it being something that I was digging. <laughs> but I, I do know you've said that in the past. <laughs> um, Mr. Deeds Goes to Town. Um, Frank Capra. <laughs> I was looking forward to seeing this because I do like I do like Capra's work. I do like his work with, with James Stewart in particular. I did not like Mr. Deeds Goes to Town very much. Um, I I don't know if, if what your thoughts are on the film, um, but it just made me so grateful that uh, Capra started working with James Stewart and and um, you know Gary Cooper went on to do different things. Um, I yeah I was I was surprised at um, at how uh, Cooper plays that character. And I blame the fact that I just watched Destry Rides Again, where Jimmy Stewart plays the someone who seems innocent and naive but isn't, um, and has so much gravitas still. You know, it, it's someone who is intelligent and has thought about these things and understands, but has chosen to be um, the way he is. And I felt like Gary Cooper played Mr. Deeds as... A, a bumpkin, you know, as someone who didn't understand yeah. what was going on, um, who who genuinely, when he says, I don't understand why people aren't nice, and you're like, yeah, you, you don't, you know, <laughs> you don't. <laughs> um, but then at the end, you know, I do like the I do like the courtroom scene. It's hard not to get, ra- uh, you know, caught up in, in that speech, but it didn't match, you know, the rest of his character. Um, but I am... I am um, really enjoying the Criterion Channel, um, and uh, and the, what I've been kind of working through is their um, their set their their films on Gene Arthur. So yeah, I apologize that I'm off on kind of still Criterion, <laughs> but not Criterion uh, releases, but definitely Criterion Channel. That's that's where I've been getting most of my my um, my film and and those kinds of things right now. Yeah, it's not a very strictly enforced rule, so you're you're oh, fine. I won't slap good. your hand. <laughs> Just a little and, bit. And of, I actually agree a little with bit you. Of shunning, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I I don't I don't love this film either, and I, I don't love um, uh, Gary Cooper. I I kind of don't love. And, and, and in fact, I, I remember having the same reaction to his performance that you did. Um, and in fact, I, I believe wasn't he in the running for the the part in Destry Rides Again? And my first thought yeah. was, oh, that would have been a. a, a terrible mistake yeah and he's been okay in other things yeah i think pride of the yankees mm-hmm. yeah i, I probably that's fit the first his, film I his s- style i saw him in and did like it you know i was a kid and it was the yankees and it's baseball so that played a role but i did like it then um i was surprised i thought i would i thought i'd latch onto the film a lot more but you know gene arthur's great and i'm glad there are other films to to look forward to yeah high noon is another another one of his yeah. but there's some some that's one thing you can't just put anybody in it he's not like a chameleon so there are some roles i think mr deeds is a great example that's not gary cooper's background i think that's really just poor casting uh but it you know a lot of people love it and um and it is it is famous and and, you know i think capra is generally pretty uh consistently good um and yeah i don't know why I, i don't love this one either but what I do love is, and this is a little <laughs> bit of a cheat as well, because it's funded by the Criterion Collection. Uh, it's Women Make Film, uh, the Mark Cousins documentary. Yeah. It's not on. It's not on Criterion um, or anything yet. Uh, it's just it, well, it, it's, the funding is is interesting. It's funded by Criterion Channel, uh, Canopy, 
TCM and Cohen Media. So, so far there's been a BFI release overseas um, and there's been a Cohen Media release here in the States, but I don't believe it's hit any streaming platform. However, I would expect it to hit Canopy to play on TCM. I don't know how that'll work with the, um, I guess, just on the, the channel itself. And, um, and, and also uh, Canopy Criterion Channel. Um, it's 14 parts, so I think it's 15 hours or so. And it is remarkable. Oh, good. Uh, it is, uh, I don't know how people feel about Mark Cousins' films. I know there have been some comments about his narration style that people aren't always a fan of. So <laughs> if that's the case, he has Tilda Swinton and friends uh, doing the narration for him. This is a remarkable experience. It's just a beautiful showcase of films. Uh, I, I thought I'd seen quite a few women films or female filmmaker films. And um, th there's a lot yet for me to discover. Uh, there's so many. A lot of them are very obscure. Um, some interesting ones is, um, uh, what's her name? Shinoya Tanaka. Uh, she's a big Japanese actress. As, uh, she was, I think of her as the, uh, from Sancho the Bailiff. Uh, I didn't know she was a filmmaker. She made a, a number of films, and, and Cousins really likes her. And then there was a Mai Zetterling, who was from Bergman's Stable. And uh, and she she has a, a couple films in there. I didn't know that. And, and yeah, he, he definitely has his favorites. Uh, we, we see a lot of Arda, a lot of uh, Kelly Reichardt, uh, Claire Denis, um, a whole bunch. Of, and, of course, women filmmakers, there's... There's not much classic Hollywood, but there's a lot in the 90s and aughts and, and recently, too. Um, but then there's also, like, Albanian filmmakers. So it, it really is, you discover a lot of films, but that's not the purpose of the of this project. It is it is to highlight female filmmakers, but it's not Female Filmmakers 101 and just talking about the injustices or how they've been maligned. It's more just going through film language and film themes and film... Uh, attributes and using female directed films to demonstrate them so for example there's um, editing you'll he'll choose a few uh, uh, selections with good editing or good examples or um, you know the opening sequence he has some some interesting uh, opening sequences and closing sequences as well and even different genres uh, you know the horror genre piece was very interesting because women do cover horror a lot different than guys do and um, and yeah, there's, there's, I think there's 40-something su subjects, so it's a really epic uh, piece of filmmaking. And, uh, and, and I think that's actually good. It's n not to say, hey, women can do this too. It's just, hey, this is film, and this is how women uh, do it. And it's remarkable, and um, it's worthy of uh, attention. Uh, kind of uh, not, so it's more normalizing that females should be making films, and uh, this is the way they see things. So, um so, yeah, I loved it. I can't wait for everybody to see it, uh, but it's 15 hours. <laughs> so. And with that, uh, unless you have comments on that, I think we can say goodbye. Uh, no comments other than you've done a good job um, selling it. I, that definitely is, <laughs> is one to, to watch. I, I will, I'm looking into it. Yeah, no, we'll, I, we'll, we'll put on the, I'm sure it'll be announced everywhere when it's announced or when it comes out on streaming. But, um, but yeah, uh, great talking to you, Trevor. I really enjoyed this show. So um, where can we find you? Yeah, thanks for having me. 
Oh, so um, you can find me on Twitter at Mooks, M-O-O-K-S-E, and over at my website, uh, The Mooks and the Gripes, and, you know, different various things at Criterion Cast from time to time. And I, I'm very happy to be on here with you this morning, Aaron. Thank you. Likewise. Uh, you can find me, AWS505, on Twitter sometimes, or come to the, the Criterion Now group. We do a lot there. Uh, support Criterion Cast. We've already mentioned the Patreon is a way to get early episodes, and the, uh, the, the Masters of Cinema episode is already there. And we'll, so we'll, that, that edited version will be coming out uh, probably a little bit after this one. And um, all right, well, that is it. Yeah. Enjoy your day. <laughs>